your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So, he's condemning judging here. Um, people, of course, abuse this passage, but what is he saying? What is judging? It's attitude based. Okay. Setting a higher standard for everyone else. Yeah, that's sure one big area he deals with here is the idea of uh, requiring in others what we don't require in ourselves, being hypocritical about it. And uh, isn't that something that we struggle with? easier to see other people's faults and condemn them than it is to see our own. You know, uh, if, if, if the wreck was my fault, we bumped fenders, it was your fault, it was a collision. You know, it all depends on how we look at that. Isn't that true? You know, um, and so we just use a magnifying glass on other people and we just barely look inside our own life. He uses such a humorous example, you know, of this, uh, you know, Christian walking around with a log protruding out of his eye as if one end of it would even fit, trying to operate on the other guy's eye, you know, and take the splinter out. You know, it's like, whoa. But, but every once in a while you see that, and it just looks outrageous in other people. <laughs> you know, to be so zealous to correct every little flaw that I think I might have found in somebody else. Wow, I've got glaring errors in my own life. I read this, that there was a Nazi participant in the Holy Holocaust that complained because he'd missed a promotion in the army when he objected to social dancing. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, can't you imagine somebody doing that? You know, not that we ought to be involved in those kind of dances. But it's okay to massacre a ton of Jews just so you don't dance. <laughs> and, and, you know, it reminds me of, uh, I've used this illustration before, but 30 years ago when I was preaching the summer with Odd McKee in Knoxville, Tennessee, he told a story of what had happened to him sometime before. There had been this family on Saturday night traveling through called him, wanted to know about the times of services, particularly interested in knowing if they had Bible classes. And so Odd gave him the time of the classes and all that, and, and wait, kind of waited around for him that morning they didn't show up. And right before services, they come in, and, and Odd talked to him, he said, well, I, I thought you were concerned about the, the Bible classes. He said, well, well, we just want to make sure we didn't get involved in a no class group. <laughs> they didn't want to come. They just wanted to you know, be in one of those groups that didn't believe in them. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's so easy for us to uh, have higher expectations of others than we do of ourselves. You don't remember me having used that illustration. Uh -huh. uh, that was a true story. That didn't really happen. <laughs> so... Um, he is not saying that we should not use discernment in determining truth and error. 
he will say in verse 15, beware of the false prophets. And that we're going to have to look carefully because sometimes they wear sheep's disguise. So he's not saying don't use discernment. He's not saying there's not rights and wrongs. This doesn't mean there's no moral absolutes. Well, you can't say that's wrong because that'd be judging. Well, we can say that's wrong because the judge says so. I mean, if you can't say anything's wrong, then you can't say it's wrong to judge. <laughs> you know, uh, that seems to be the only thing we can be absolute about in our culture. And, and it's certainly, we have abundant evidence of Jesus and the apostles opposing hypocrites, and false teachers and 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 things like that. This is not saying you can't tell someone that what they're doing is wrong. But it does mean we shouldn't be super critical and fault finding, particularly we shouldn't use a higher standard to evaluate others than we do for ourselves. He doesn't deny that the brother has a speck in his eye. That's exactly right. Yeah. Take and, care of yourself first. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of his eye. I would appreciate it if I had a speck in my eye, if there was somebody who could see clear enough to get it out, because it's really annoying. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a bad thing to take specks out, but it just doesn't make any sense to do that when you've got the beam coming out of your own eye. You're not going to do it well. You're going to have a hard time not knocking the guy out with the log coming out of your eye. You know, so... And we ought to see our own sins most clearly. It, it's disturbing when I can see other people so well, but I never seem to be able to see my own. The word is first a mirror before it's a window. Comments and thoughts on that? Well, verse 6 seems to be kind of the balancing principle. Somebody want to read that? Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So, he's not saying to be gullible. There are swine and dogs that will not appreciate holy things. And there's a time to just move on because they're not going to appreciate holy things. I mean, what would you do to get a pig to appreciate a strand of pearls? You just can't imagine that there's something that, that would ever change him to do that. You know, we shouldn't force feed people with the truth. And we shouldn't think, well, I'm just going to change them. You know, some people aren't going to be changed. You know, some people don't value the gospel. You think about some practical applications of that. Is there a time to move on when I'm trying to teach somebody? Who are the people that we, we just can't bear to move on with? Well, those closest to us. Absolutely. And so, you know, we say, I will convert my mother. No matter what it takes, I'm going to do it. Well, how would you do it? I mean, if, if that's what it took, why didn't Jesus convert everyone? Now, if you say, I'm going to offer her the opportunity to hear the gospel, well, by all means. And I'm going to keep praying for her, and I'm not going to give up easily, certainly. 
But, but conversion is not subject to only our will. And sometimes we're, you know, the, the guy I was talking to recently about the girl, you know, it's like he wants her if she would change and be like this. Well, yeah, wouldn't we all? But there's no evidence she wants to, she intends to, or she ever will. Except the reality, some people don't want to change. And so be discerning. Uh, not judging doesn't mean that you just have to indiscriminately and naively believe that everybody will finally be saved no matter what. Recognizing the fact that some people are just constitutionally opposed to the gospel is not a bad thing. It's actually helpful to us. Comments or questions? <coughs> All right, well, I uh, will take the liberty, if you'll give it to me, to uh, tell a couple of Brazil stories before we uh, quit. I haven't been able to tell all that many. Uh, I did talk to the uh, group at New Salisbury before I left, but uh, some of these I reported on my uh, little Facebook thing, but not in as great a detail. Just, I think I'll probably limit myself to two things, but they were really cool. Uh, when, when Sandra and I were in Porto Alegre, uh, there was this couple there 